Okay, we continue tonight with a series of tshuvas uh, in Igros Moshe about Mechitza. We started off with Moshe Feinstein's initial uh, bold tshuva where he made the case for his position, which is that the purpose of Mechitza is solely to prevent frivolous behavior in a shul, not to prevent men from looking at women, and therefore the Mechitza does not have to be higher than a person's shoulder, which is roughly five, uh, five to five and a half feet tall. And we talked about how others disagreed with him, how in subsequent uh, tshuva, subsequent response to him, he had to address some of their challenges. One particular rabbi challenged him uh, as if he had suggested that there's nothing wrong with looking at women. He responded that, of course, he agrees that gazing at women or forbidden to a man is completely forbidden. He reassured him in that case. Uh, we spoke yesterday, last night, about a situation where the top part of a mechitza is glass. Does that work if the whole point of a mechitza is to be a, uh, simply to prevent um, frivolous behavior? then maybe it could be glass. And he says, technically, you're right, but um, at least the, the top part of it. Well, technically, you're right, but the way women dress um, in, in our shoals would add an additional uh, um, level of, of challenge when you're saying Shema and Shema Nesrei in the presence of um, their, uh, their bodies when they're not fully clothed. Uh, tonight's tshuva is very, very, very fascinating. Um, there's still another one or two tshuvas after this, but this one... Um, t- is from 1954, and this is a very, very interesting backstory. I had to do some digging to get the backstory because it, it doesn't appear in the tshuva really. But this tshuva was addressed in 1954 to Rabbi Ben Sion and Rabbi Benjamin Lapidus, who was a rav in Dayton, Ohio. And now the backstory goes like this In Cincinnati, Ohio, during this time in 1954, there was a major, major controversy. There was a show in Cincinnati which had initially been fully Orthodox, it was founded by Eastern European Jews in the 20s, I believe. And, uh, in their, and in their initial uh, constitution, in their charter, they clearly stated that the purpose of the shul is to conform to the customs of Polish orthodoxy. That was their aim. And over the, over the years, as, as time went on, many of the younger members of the community pushed for certain reforms to be introduced into the shul, and they actually incorporated many of them. They, uh, they started using a microphone, and there were some other things that they did. But in 1954, under the leadership of a particular rabbi, who I won't name, um, who had been trained in Orthodox yeshivas and Torah Vadas, and actually Mir in Europe, and who had afterwards gone to the conservative seminary to JTS, under, the, under his leadership, there was a large group of people who decided that they wanted to make another drastic change. And that is, until now, the men and the women sat separately. There was no mechitza on the show. They had already gotten rid of that. There was no mechitza, but the men and women were sitting separately. And, uh, and the rabbi and the majority of the shul, along with the, boards, the board of trustees, they decided that they wanted to actually introduce family pews so that families can sit completely mixed together, men and women, without um, any, any reservation. And there was a small minority of membership, membership of the shul who was very adamantly opposed to this, to such an extent that they actually took this case to court and they sued the shul. They sued the rabbi and the board of trustees claiming that they're violating the initial constitution of the shul, and they have no authority to go ahead and make this change, even though some changes had been made, but they said that this does not fit into the wording of their initial constitution, that it should conform with Polish Orthodox custom. So it actually went to the courts, and the judge, as part of the, as part of the uh, court proceedings, the judge had asked a, this Rabbi Lapidus um, from Dayton, Ohio, to address whether or not um, what the, uh, what the, the, what the, on the one hand, the rabbi and the board of trustees of this shul were, were claiming that, um, this is what they claimed. They claimed that since, anyway, halacha says that you need to have a mechitza, and it was agreed upon that there was no mechitza in the shul, so once there's no mechitza in the shul anyway, 
then you may as well, then it's not such a long stretch for the men and the women to be sitting actually together in the same pews. It's not such a far stretch, and it's really the same thing. Once we're violating halacha, it's, it's really the same thing to, to sit mixed once, we're, uh, once there's no mechitza. And so Rabbi Lapidus addressed the question to Rav Moshe Feinstein, and he says, Rav Moshe, Rav Moshe, I'm going before the court. I need your um, authoritative opinion on this. Is it true that once there's no mechitza, it's actually okay for men and women to sit together? Not that it's okay, but it's, it's, once you're not doing it, you may as well just go all out. So Rav Moshe responds, as you can very much, uh, as you can imagine, by saying that obviously, um, uh, you know, doing make, one wrong does not justify making another wrong. And the fact that the men and women are sitting separately without a mechitza is a problem. You need to have a mechitza in a shul, right? But it is far superior to an arrangement where men and women are sitting together in the pews. And to suggest that just because you have one wrong that should justify making another one is, uh, is absolutely ridiculous. He quotes sources in the Gemara um, when it comes to women singing um, in the presence of men that there are different tiers of, of, uh, of, of, of how, how terrible the, uh, the prohibition is. And if a person has an opportunity to, to, um, to, to downgrade the sin and prevent people from doing uh, a sin on a higher level and bring it down to a lower level, of course you're responsible to do so. And it's far worse to sit together in the pews than it is to be sitting separately, even without a mechitza. And he, and he says very, very strongly that definitely share this with the judge, that, um, that, the, that the claims of this conservative rabbi, this orthodox trained conservative rabbi, um, are to- completely untrue. And my authoritative opinion is that... Um, is that uh, is that the men? It's better for the men and women to sit separately without a mechitza than than to sit mixed together in the pews. An, an interesting side note is that this same question, literally that same week, was actually addressed to Rabbi uh, Joseph B. Salvechik, to Rabbi Salvechik, um, Rabbi uh, Rabbi, Le- Rabbi Lapidus called Rabbi Salvechik, and Rabbi Salvechik wrote a letter in English to him addressing this question, also for the purpose of the judge. And he writes very very strongly, which is uh, I think it's very interesting to hear how Rabbi Salvechik writes. Um, this is literally three days before Moshe authored his tshuva. He says, um, the separation of the sexes in the synagogue is a, is a basic tenet of our faith. He says, it dates back to the very dawn of our religion. I'm sorry, it dates back to the very dawn of our religious halacha community and constitutes a, uh, he says it's a doraisa, it's a, a biblical injunction, which can never be abandoned by any legislative act on the part of a rabbinic or lay body. Regardless of its numeric uh, strength or social uh, or social um, superiority, whatever it is, um, right? And he says, what was decreed by God can never be undone by the human hands, which means you can, just because people say it's okay doesn't mean it's okay. Now, one of the proofs that the, uh, that the Cincinnati shul brought is that many RCA rabbis who were officially orthodox presided over shuls where there was no mechitza. And so he responded to that as saying, he said, a transcendental tenet is binding regardless of its unpopularity with the multitudes, and then in his final line, incredibly strong line, he says, was the commandment against murder declared null and void while the Nazi hordes were practicing genocide? Right? So just because a lot of murder is taking place doesn't mean that murder is okay. And similarly, I mean, it's a, it's a strong, strong comparison here. He says, similarly, simply because a, a, there are Orthodox rabbis presiding over shoulders without a mechitza does not make it legitimate. That was Rav Salvechik's uh, response to this same question. I didn't get far enough in my research to find out what happened in the court case. I'm sure it's a fascinating, uh, it was a fascinating back and forth. But again, this very interesting tshuva where of Moshe, on behalf of a rub in, uh, in Dayton, Ohio, is addressing um, the court in, uh, in the state of Ohio on, um, in, a, in this case that was brought by Orthodox members of a shul against the rabbi and the board of trustees who tried to allow mixed seating. Thank you.